the whole time. You still gotta do a good idea, you won't lie. You can't do that every time. That's my main joke. The main of the line. I get it. All right, guys, we are back and we are closing out the first month of the podcast. And what amazing memories we've had so far. Um, I mean, Mark Hunt, Dan Hardy. Today we have a Christian Weller. Christian Welsh was the host of the first yeah. one. Well, a good yeah. longtime friend of mine. Um, and we have a very special guest today. Yes, we do. We're moving away from MMA and we're going to Hollywood just to, to show people that we're mixing up a little bit. Boxing too. And boxing as well, of course. And we got Mickey Rourke calling in from Hollywood. Um, That's pretty cool. Via Skype. So that's going to be incredible. Um, but first and foremost, I want to uh, give our thoughts and prayers out to the people in Texas, uh, Houston, and southern Texas especially, going through the uh, hurricane. Uh, we're from Texas. We're from Houston. We're Houston boys. So we have friends and family that are there that we're going to call as soon as this podcast is over. So it's bittersweet. Um, and uh, it sits home with us. Yeah. So it, it sucks, man. They're literally... Uh, it's Hurricane Harvey pounding them right now. So uh, I mean, you're taking damage to your place right now. Yeah. I'm a little farther north with my family, but I, uh, I've got a lot of friends and family that are displaced right now, and it sucks. And it's I hope by the time that they hear this, everything's safe. And luckily, you know, yeah, we've lost some items, but we haven't lost any any lives. So God well, bless you guys, man. Seabrook, Clear Lake, Sagemont, League City. Anybody that's listening from from Texas, man, please. Stay strong and uh, hope everything's good. Hope everything's okay and, and y'all pull through this. So uh, from there, we'll get the podcast going. Um, and it's comment time, but yes. how about you? You did so good last time doing the comments. Well, and, and we uh, obviously, as you know, that's been listening to the podcast, uh, we give away free training at AK Thailand to our most engaging followers and subscribers on YouTube who leave comments. Yeah, and we had, you, uh, I believe, 53 comments this time. And it's only been in four days. Yeah, so good, perfect. And then uh, you, you, you picked the last one, so go ahead and uh, I do. I pick another one. I enjoy you having beef with everybody. This one, no, this particular guy doesn't want to kick the shit out of me. Really? Yeah. So you found somebody that doesn't want to yeah. beat you up? Well, or he just knows he can't. So but, it took 53 uh, comments for you to go it through. Took, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> the ones I didn't delete. But no, um, a guy <laughs> by the name of Austin Pierce. This gentleman has been... Unbelievable. He has commented on every single podcast so far. He does my social media, your social media, yeah. AKA social media. And, and he's coming to AKA. Tom. Yes, he actually is coming. So uh, we're going to nominate him. Nomination? It doesn't seem like the correct it's, word. It's, we're giving him such a great package that we're going to nominate it, him. Uh, we do have great packages. Um, yeah, we're going to give him uh, something a little special. So. I'm not going to reveal what it is. I don't think you should either. We'll uh, tell him via, I don't know, Facebook or whatever. I mean, he'll be the first to comment on this video anyway. So so this, this is a, a guy who's actually come to AK Thailand, who's yes. already basically changing his whole life to come to AK Thailand, who's one of our more engaging, one of our most engaging uh, subscribers and followers. And we're going to go ahead and give him even more yeah. uh, of a package. And Austin, go ahead and, and uh, get with us. You, you got us on every social media platform, yeah. so we know who you are, and, and we'll go ahead and tell you what you're going to get. Thank you, Austin. And appreciate yeah, it. thanks, buddy, man. We appreciate it. We when y'all hear this it. guy's story, how hard he works and how far he drives, I mean, I don't want to get into it yet. We'll wait till he gets here. Maybe we'll have him on or something. But um, 
yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty emotional. Yeah. So thank cool. you again, Austin. Um, speaking of um, comments and people sharing with us, if you will. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, Danny, for the, um, the, the jingle. jingle. Yeah. And we're, we're going to continue using it. Hey, guys, it's catching on. I like it. Yeah. And uh, everyone likes it. So, uh, you know, uh, I love it. It doesn't have your name in it. That would be nice. Um, so, Danny, if you can, if you can, I'm actually you part of the podcast. Could, if, if you and your guys could throw in Mark's name at the, you know, somewhere, It'd make it nice. funny. Make it funny. Yeah, I mean, um, even if it's a woman screaming it. Which, yeah, that'd be a first. But yeah, sure. I see what you did there. <laughs> Uncalled for. Anywho, uh, oh, speaking of people engaging, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a gentleman from Australia. By the name of Jason Parsons. Yeah. So, fun fact. I like free shit. I assume you do. Yeah. <laughs> and he asked for free shit. Uh, I do. I in no the last podcast. Asking. And I, I can't believe it came. I asked for beef jerky, corn nuts. I believe you want cookies. I asked for cookies and you said money. And money. Well, I'll always take money. Um, Jason sent me, or us, if you will. To AK Thailand. 17 packages of different kinds of jerky. Now, there was beef. I think there was turkey. I mean, obviously, teriyaki. All the normal stuff that, yeah. like, everyone's had. But this guy sent some shit that I can't pronounce. Let's pick out. These are the two These are the two most odd bags of jerky. And, and we're going to the only- try them for you guys so that if you ever run across these pieces of jerky, you'll kind of gauge how, how we react to them, whether you want to try them or not. And One the- of them I'm a little, like, iffy about Ew, because yeah. but we'll get to it in a minute. Well, I mean, the reason there's no... Because there's only two left, so... Of this one. You ate this no, one before. Two right? left of the of all 15, or all seven. Well, yeah, but anyway. but uh, this one is Korean barbecue, belugi. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. But this one I know I can pronounce. This is a kangaroo jerky. Right. Now, uh, they call it Rui Chewy in Australia. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little scared to try this, but... I, I, I'm a little bit, yeah, hesitant on the kangaroo. Oh, you're going to go for that one first? Fuck it. Why not? Uh, I mean, the fact remains the kangaroo is already dead and processed in the bag. So if if we don't eat it, it's going to go to waste. So I I have nothing against kangaroos. I never thought Uh, I would eat one. Well, hop on it. That was a kangaroo joke, man. Wow, that's pungent. Is it ironic that it comes in a pouch? (laughs) That's a marsupial joke, Mike. I get that's a little pungent. I'll be honest right, with well, you. Give me a piece. Let me just take one and you take one and then one. It's a little oily. It's hard, it's hard to grab one. Jeez. All right. That has got a, a a very different smell to it. How big of a piece are you doing? I, I got a small one. I don't want to commit. I think they're all the same size. Okay. Kangaroo cuts up nicely. All right, so we're gonna try this kangaroo jerky. And again, thank you for uh, yeah, Jason. Jason for sending this kangaroo jerky. We appreciate it. Uh, again, we'll try anything you guys send. So if you send anything, Jason to AK doesn't have Thailand, to be the only one to send shit. Yeah, so. go to the akthailand.com and you can see the address. Send us something, and we'll try it. All right. No, I don't know if we're gonna talk. like it. Let's You're give gonna it a have go. to. You ready? One, two, three. It's a little gamey. <laughs> so. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that one. You know, I don't lie to you very often, Mike, and I'm not going to now. I'm not a big fan. It's uh, actually pretty fucking nasty. I think that kangaroo should still be alive, hopping around. Yeah. That's uh, 
I kind of want to get it out of my mouth right now, but we're in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, no, I wish we weren't. <laughs> I, sort of, I sort of wish I could just, mm. just maybe, I don't know. It's one of those things that you eat and you feel like you should spit out because it might not be good to eat. Not for a taste, you know, reason, but maybe for a Ah, so thanks for nothing, reason. Jason. That was shit. In all seriousness, Jason, we ate every other thing that you gave us. And we're going to try this one now, this other one. Let's try it later. But, man, that kangaroo jerky is something special. Mm. I think you have that. That's an acquired taste, I think. Yeah. Well, mm. I'd like to never acquire that again. That's absolute wow. garbage. Oof. Okay, but go ahead. You, and Jason. Let's get this Korean anyway, one. Let's try it. Try it. This is the one we can't pronounce. This has got to be... Uh, Oh, I'm glad it's gone. This has got to be good for uh, the viewers. Okay, this is the... This uh, is pretty interesting, I bet. Uh. Bulgogi. Yeah. That has a weird name to it. All right. See, that smells normal. Korean barbecue bulgogi. It's better. I don't see nothing wrong with that one. That one, no. It's almost a henna teriyaki. Sort of. You think or no? You're you're the jerky expert, but I do have the experienced palate. I think it tastes a little bit like jerky. I mean, I'm sorry, a little bit. It does oh. take it does oh. taste like jerky. It tastes a little bit like teriyaki to me, like in a less like I strong agree with way. Wolfgang. All right. Hmm. All right. I'm sure that go. was entertaining for everybody. But again, thank you. Again, we can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, that was amazing. And we did eat every other pouch. And, you know, jerky is something you can't get. You can't find good jerky here in Thailand. It's very, very hard. And because if you do, you get the cows are tiny... built like me here. They're literally anorexic. Yeah. So, so that is something that's very valuable here. So when we got that box, I was very excited, to be honest. Yes. So I'm going to eat that after this podcast. So. All right. You can have that kangaroo one, too. No. Moving forward. Yeah, anyway, moving forward, thanks a lot uh, again, I think, everyone, every time, but I really appreciate it, guys. We read every comment. Um, there's 56 or something, 60 comments just in a few days for the Dan Hardy one. Uh, you know, Dan Hardy was an excellent interview. It was an excellent podcast. If you haven't seen it, please go back and watch it. Or I'm sorry, just go watch it. And uh, if you're on iTunes, we're getting a lot of people from iTunes and SoundCloud or whatever, definitely check out the YouTube channel. I mean, these are podcasts you want to see. I mean, we're... Uh, Look at this set. Look at our boy here. You, you can watch us eat the the, the, the well, it's not beef, but jerky. You can watch us with the expressions and, and interacting with these people. And a lot of the great moments that we've had have been video, especially with Mark Hunt with the, the naked action figure. And once, and we, get, that, once we get weirder shit to try, it'll be more fun, too. Yeah. So, again, that video is up to 10,000 views or something. I know, it's crazy. Hardy's doing pretty good. And, which, you know where that puts us in uh, our subscriber game that we're playing? We're like 300 now, which is 700 shy of 1,000. 30% of the way. Yeah, so when we hit 1,000, Mark's getting choked out on the couch right there. So keep subscribing, guys. We're, we're, we're growing. We're picking up fast for a month. Once we get to 1,000, I'm going to choke out Mark on that couch, so you'll get to see him go completely unconscious for the very first Why time. Why on the couch? I've always wanted that. Well, I mean, that's just the best place to choke you out. I don't want to put you on top of the coffee table. Fair enough. Just put a little diaper on you. Put your pants on. If I shit my pants. Well, we won't know. We'll put a little diaper on you or something. Well, I'm still shitting my pants. Well, that doesn't no matter, matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter to anyone else, though. <laughs> well, I don't just don't shit on me. Well, that's... just don't have it on film. Well, that's what I'm saying. We put a diaper on you and you're good. I think you're missing the point. I don't want to <laughs> shit anywhere on film. 
I don't care if it's in a diaper and a we're purse. We're not going to say a, anything. Attaché right. case. Well, we're not going to know anything until we get 1,000 subscribers. So please keep subscribing, guys, and keep leaving us comments where you can win uh, training packages at AK Thailand. Um, and, uh, again, we love reading the comments, and, and we will read more. Um, yeah. We just have a very big guest today, and, and he's given us a lot of his time, so we want yeah, right to get right to that. Let's jump into that. Yeah, so we have him on hold right now. Uh, oh, him back. Yeah, we just made him wait 14 minutes. Yeah, he's been waiting for an hour for this, and no, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. uh, but we told him we're going to call him right back here. So uh, without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring on uh, Mickey Rourke. All right, so we are here with Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, thank you so much for being on the podcast, buddy. My pleasure. Nice. Been a, I've been a fan and a follower of yours uh, since you started fighting. Man, I really appreciate that, man. I've been a huge fan of yours as well, so this is really cool having you on the podcast and uh, being able to talk to you so much as we're going to do today. And I got enough of a time for another... I don't have to be in the gym for another... How long? My, my trainer's always late, two hours. Oh, don't tell us that, man. We won't <laughs> let you go to... <laughs> we'll still make you late today. We'll keep you, we'll keep you till you're late. <laughs> it's Thank okay. He, he, it's weight training, so no, no sweat. Yeah, I see you in the gym all the time on Instagram, man. I'm looking at your pictures, and you're doing all kinds of crazy working out and, and, and boxing training, and look, you're ready to fight, man. Well, you know, the thing is, is I used to... I used to... I had about 10 fights where... I used to just spar my way into shape, and I never did road work. And uh, I worked for three years with James Tony as a sparring partner, and wow. a year and a half with Duran. And you know, I'd just stay in the gym, do some gym work and spar. But I was never, uh, I never concentrated on my cardio, which was a big mistake. I concentrated on my power, and you know. When you're sitting in there and you're getting your hands wrapped and the door opens and then you go, oh, fuck, I wish I would have ran, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to do that again. I hear you, man. I hear you. But I mean, to, you've masked what it was like a, a 27 and three record or something. In boxing, I'm, I'm, I've got uh, I've got uh, uh, 10 wins and two draws, 10 wins and two draws in boxing pro pro boxing, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you did quite well for someone who didn't do any road work. <laughs> well, I had yeah, yeah. Well, I was very lucky. I was born with power in each hand, so that's something that can't be taught. You either have it or you don't. So uh, uh, that got me by. So I see that you're training a lot now. Obviously, like I said on Instagram, you're, you're posting a lot of stuff in the gym. You train at Wildcard, correct? Mostly. That's your your main place. Well, I train with Freddie Roach's protege, Marvin Samudio. Okay, perfect. Little, little Filipino, little Filipino kid. Now, there's a part of me that thinks that there's a little fight left in you, and and that you want to get in there and fight again. Am I correct in saying that? Or, well, I'm going to have two more, and then because I think I got two more fights left in me. I know I got two more fights left in me, and I want to do it the right way because I'm. It's something that I love that I started doing before acting and I got hurt. You know, I had 43 amateur fights, then I got hurt. And the doctors told my mother I couldn't get hit in the head for at least a year. 
and I never went back to it. And I always felt kind of ashamed of myself that I never went back to it. Right. Right. So you still got that fight in you then. (laughs) It stays in all of us. Well, you know, like a really shady thing happened in the last fight when I fought last year in Russia. The little bitch I fought went to the newspapers, the Daily Mail, and he told the he told the they paid him twelve thousand dollars, and he said he took a dive, you know. And I hit the little cunt with a liver, a kidney shot, then a liver shot, <laughs> and I know what I hit him with. Yeah, and right. So, you know, he kind of like tarnished, you know, twelve fucking weeks of training, breaking my ass. So. The next time I fight, I'm going to send the motherfucker into the second row. So, I'm, you know, there won't be no, you know, discrepancies about it from all the haters out there. Yeah, I don't see you as the type that's going to train that hard and then go out there and, and, and pay someone to take a dive. I, I see you as somebody that wants to knock someone in the second row. <laughs> no, 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 not when you train for 12 weeks. And, you know, I've added like, you know, I go to UCLA. I do the stairs. I go up, I sprint the stairs, I do the Bulgarian bag going down the stairs, then I do 15 sprints, and then I do, you know, uh, uh, 10 times 100 meters. That's my cardio. Wow. And the only thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna add into it was uh, I started taking some yoga classes because my nose has been broken so many times the cartilage is, uh, the holes in my nose are not, I can't breathe deeply. So if I, when I do this hot yoga, it opens up, I got to have one more nose operation, but it opens up my breathing. Right. You know, it's weird is I have the same thing. My nose has never been broken, but I have the same thing where I have really bad sinuses. And I think it's because I got yeah. hit in the nose so many times. So at nighttime when I'm trying to breathe, it's like I get only a yeah. certain percentage of air in, and then I, I can't breathe, and, and I wake up in a panic sometimes. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a little bit of sleep apnea, but I'll tell you what helps with, if you're a mouth breather, what really helps me is every morning I go and swim for 12 minutes. Right. And this way, like, you know, when you get tired, you start breathing through your mouth. So if you get accustomed to doing the swimming with your mouth, it's just it just gives you a little more advantage when you when you start breathing through your mouth when you're tired you know in the middle of a fight you know right so the swimming has really helped me yeah yeah that that definitely a lot of people are doing that now so uh, you know as a form of training so I know you've been to Thailand before we've talked about that in the past so are you looking to ever come back to Thailand and 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 do that whole thing and and come check out the gym and and train Muay Thai a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I want to check out arsenal? the gym, you know. Uh, I actually can't roll worth the shit, but I, I go to Hegan uh, Gracie, yeah. and what we do is we do stand-up pummeling. Yep, yep. Because the pump, we do it for four minutes with a 30-second rest because the pummeling helps my uh, inside fighting, my strength. Right, right. It helps my core strength. And, you know, Hegan's a big guy, so four minutes with him, you know, you're pretty exhausted. Yeah, and that, you know, that's just another, I just try to change it up, change things up a little bit because as I'm older now, I realize 
it's more important for me to work on my weaknesses than it is my strength. Right. You know, Absolutely. so I work more on my cardio. Uh, I don't fight on the outside as much as I used to because I'm physically strong. So I'm, I've, I've learned to fight how Freddie used to want me to fight on the inside. Right, right. But I grew up in Miami in the Fifth Street gym where Ali and Jimmy Ellis and Larry Holmes were since I was 11. And everybody fought laterally from the outside. Right, right, right. So, but basically, I'm more built to fight on the inside because of my strength. You get that power, yeah. Yeah. And uh, mainly when I go to the weight, do weightlifting stuff, I don't do it for bodybuilding. I do it for leg and hip strength and, and because that's where your punches come from. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah, know? that's great. And so I usually know I'm going to be able to fight be stronger than anybody else I fight at 175. And that's, your, and that's what you're fighting at, 175. Yeah. You're, you're totally nice. I mean, I walk around one, 188, 189, but I make the cut. And the, I get down and I get down to 173. Then by the night of the fight, I'm back up 10 pounds or 11 pounds. Nice. And you said you had uh, two fights left in you. Do you have anything lined up? Any ideas? Any, any time frames on that? Or Yeah. Uh, we've got a kid from from uh, Texas, no, from Oklahoma, who's 12-12, and uh, my promoter's talking to him about a December, so we're just waiting for De La Hoya. Uh, last time I saw Oscar, he introduced me to commit to the commissioner, and they looked at my last fight, and they said they would give me a green light to fight in Los Angeles. Nice. So we're just wait- we're just waiting for a date now. So this will be under Golden Boy then. I hope so. Yeah. Perfect. I told him I'll fight anywhere, anywhere in California. You know, Chino, anywhere. I don't give a fuck. Well, I want to be there for that, man. So I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing about that and uh, and and, yeah. and getting further updates. Yeah, I'm gonna come out. And I'm gonna rock the house. I'm not gonna dance around. You know, I got nothing. You got two fights left in you. You know, it's just gonna be rock and roll. I can sense that. I can sense that in your voice that, that you're ready to make a statement and, and you're not happy yeah. with the last one. Well, especially because it hurt so much because that rumor went around about that piece of shit taking a dive for 12 yeah. grand, you know. I mean, Freddie banned the little motherfucker from the gym and if I saw him on the street, I would kick his ass right in the fucking, right in the alley, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I worked too goddamn hard to have somebody take away something I work so hard for, you know? Right. Yeah, and it's, it sucks with the media, too, because when they say something like that, it's hard to erase it. You know what I mean? It's everywhere. And then people just get that, they, they believe what they see, and then you have to fight against that, which is tough, you know? Yeah, but, it, you know, I had 12 world champions call me and congratulate me. You know, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, uh, David Hay, Boom Boom Mancini. I mean, these guys wouldn't have called me. Joe Calzaghe. They wouldn't have called me up if they thought something was queer about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I felt when I hit this bitch in the liver, I felt what I hit him with, you know? <laughs> I hear you, man. And, and, you know, speaking of boxing, obviously, we got to get into this fight. You know, this fight just happened a couple of days ago, and I want to know what your thoughts are, your total thoughts on everything on this Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight. 
So what did, what did you what were your feelings going into this fight as far as this being a matchup and being boxing and then what were your thoughts of the actual fight itself? Well, okay, let me put it let me just say one thing straight away. My background is boxing. I'm always going to love boxing first. But <laughs> I've been to jiu-jitsu classes and wrestling and the ground rules. Yeah. Okay? Conor McGregor would kick anybody's ass. Any, any boxer's ass in the world, okay? Hands yeah. down. Yeah. Now, you put him in against uh, an aging Floyd Mayweather who basically has transcended into, like, a defensive genius. It's quite ev evident that <laughs> he wasn't as strong physically as Connor. Right. So Floyd had to use his, his experience and expertise and just fight a defensive fight where if McGregor would have fought somebody like Canelo or Terrence Howard, yeah, you know, someone his own age, that fight would have been over in two fucking rounds. Or even Pacquiao. I mean, you know, I give him credit for hanging in there and doing what it, you know, but people said that fight's going to be remembered for 50 years. That fight ain't going to be remembered for five minutes. So on the on the stoppage, what do you think? I mean, taking away that, um, what do you think about the stoppage itself? I mean, being stopped on the feet, and then obviously, you know, it was obviously not going Connor's way. It, it was it was clear to see that Floyd was getting the advantage and and was was set, you know pretty much uh, going to finish that fight. Um, but do you agree with the stoppage? Do you agree with it at that time, or do you think that they should have let it go? And, and let him take his lumps and, and, and it'd be a little bit more decisive? Uh, I've seen too many fights where fighters have, got, fighters have gotten really hurt by yeah. just getting hit one too many times right. when they got nothing left. It was obvious he had nothing left. You know, he was, wo he was wobbling around like a rock doll. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see the point of him, you know, sustaining any permanent damage i mean you know the whole the whole extravaganza was about the hundred million each of each guy was making yeah it's a lot of you money. know <laughs> uh, and it's uh you know it was show business yeah you know i mean the fight i would have loved to see was conor mcgregor and terrence howard yeah you know yeah but uh, it's the money, money, it's entertainment and the money talks, you know, and then that was the yeah, money fight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Floyd doesn't have a lot left, but he's got enough left. He's got a he's got a, enough left to to handle somebody coming from the MMA world into the boxing ring. Yeah. Do you think he was surprised by how Connor didn't blow his load as, as much as he, he kind of alluded to in the media? Um, I noticed that Floyd was turning his back a little bit and putting his head down a little bit. And and obviously he was very defensive in the beginning. So my take was that maybe he thought Connor was going to blow a little bit more of his load and then be able to come back and, and, and maybe finish the fight in the earlier rounds. And then maybe by five and six, he kind of got that urgency, like, wait a minute, you know, he, he's not he's not doing the game plan that everyone kind of thought. He sort of conserved himself a little bit, and then he turned it up then and kind of got, got that advantage. Well, I think Floyd has turned into uh, very much, like I said, a, a, a defensive right. genius. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he does fight. 
he's one of the few fighters that can fight off the ropes. Yeah. So he uses the ropes to lean on, to rest on, and also uh, to counter his right hand. Right. You know, I mean, you know, Floyd has a, he's very, you know, to be a champion or a fighter of that caliber, and I'll include Mike Tyson in there, you've got to be a sm smart guy. Right. Ali was a very smart guy. Tyson's a very smart guy. If you sit and have a conversation with him, Mayweather's very bright. You know, these guys all go in and they can get good. They go in with a, with a game plan and then a game B plan. Right. So I think Floyd went in, did what he had to do. And I think part of his preparation was feeling McGregor out and then going, okay, I'm going to take him into the deep water. Yeah. And, and now that Floyd hit that 50 and 0, he passed up Rocky Marciano and, and he has the, the, the best record in boxing history. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying now it wasn't worthy because he fought a guy that was 0-0 and Conor McGregor's an MMA fighter. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, he did step up and fight a guy that was, it, it was a huge risk. I mean, if Conor had have landed that left and knocked him out or something, that would have been detrimental to his career to lose to a guy that's 0-0. So what are your thoughts on the fact that, that he's a justifiable 50-0? and 0? I mean, he's, he, he's pretty much the best ever when it comes to his record and, and what he's done. Arguably, I mean, he's he's up there with the greatest ever. He really is. I mean, you know, you look at uh, uh, Rocky Marciano. Jersey Joe Walcott was beating the living shit out of him. Yeah. Marciano caught him with that left hook. Uh, to me, the greatest fighter who ever lived was Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, he's good. You know, everybody stole a page out of his book from from Ali to Sugar Ray Leonard, and using speed, lateral movement, uh, because speed kills power, as we know. Right. And uh, you look how Ali fought George Foreman years ago. Uh, he couldn't out-muscle him, but what he did is he, lay, he did the rope and dope and just tired his ass out and then picked him apart. Right. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of thinking that goes on in a boxing ring. A lot of strategy. And cool. And what's what's your thoughts on the uh, Canelo and uh, Triple G match coming up? Um, I think Canelo's got like he's blessed with with that freaky punchy power. Right, of course. Uh, I I think uh, they they're both very well schooled fighters. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think. Triple G's ever been hit on the chin as hard as somebody because Canelo's got great leverage on his punches. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a matter of how uh, Triple G's can hold up to Canelo's power. Right. What do you think about uh, a GSP returning now? Now he's fighting Michael Bisping. And I know you've, you've watched him uh, fight a lot. I think, yeah, I know both guys. I'm very good. I'm very close with Mike. Um, and, and GSP, I see a wild card. He's training with Freddie. Yeah. Bisbing is a guy who like, I'm so proud of him because he's not the greatest puncher. He's not the greatest wrestler. He's not the greatest at jujitsu, but he continues to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you watch Bisbing and Rockholtz, you know, Rockholtz has got such a, a good Southpaw style. And 
is and is a very ex extraordinarily well balanced fighter and super strong. Uh, uh, I didn't think Michael was going to be able to, you know, win that fight. Yeah. And Michael keeps surprising everybody. <clears throat> you know, uh, when I look at my Instagram, <clears throat> Michael's doing nothing but training, twenty four seven. Yeah. Training and e training and eating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know he, you know, I had a a podcast. The last episode I did with Dan Hardy, and he had a great analogy on on uh, on Michael Bisping, and his point was that Bisping brings the fight forward. So when you fight Bisping, you know what you're going to get because he's going to come forward, he's going to bring it, and he's going to fight you. And in, in other words, he was trying to say how that's a better fight than Tyron Woodley because Tyron Woodley got that fight taken away with with GSP because of his last performance, and it got given to Michael Bisping. He's he's got. One thing that money can't buy, he's got unbelievable willpower. Right. And he trains his ass to the bone. You know, I mean, he doesn't have one of those Adonis looking bodies, but the fucker trains. Yeah. You know, and he trains to win. You know, it's like training to survive and training to win. It's two different things, brother. And yeah. Bisbee trains to win. He's a very proud guy. He loves being a, he loves being a champion. Yeah, he does. And uh, <laughs> he does. And he's my favorite drinking buddy. <laughs> so I definitely got to touch on this. Um, I know you're good for you were good friends with Tupac, and uh, you did the movie with with him, uh, Bullet. And as you probably know, I walked out to every single UFC fight to Tupac, Ambitions of a Rider. Um, we don't share a lot in common, or we didn't share a lot in common, I guess. But uh, he was a big inspiration to me for someone that came up and. And that motivated me in every one of my fights. So uh, what was your relationship like with Tupac? And I know you're really close. You were there at the hospital. How was he, man? Because we are two huge fans of Tupac. And, and we've never talked to somebody well, that knew let's, him. Let's, let's put it this way. Tupac and I are both from the street, okay? Now, we were either going to get along or it was going to be on. <laughs> and we, and we, just, we just clicked. And uh, I remember one night, uh, four male models made the mistake uh, at a fashion show. One guy, he was about six foot four, he walked by and he goes like this to me. I looked for the guy for like three fucking months, got his name, everything. One night, Tupac and I are in a club. And some guy named Vinny goes, hey, Mickey. That dude you were looking for is here with three other guys. I was with Tupac and an ex-fighter named Doug DeWitt. So I said, he says, Mickey, don't do it upstairs. I'll bring the kids to the basement. So <laughs> I had just got done fighting in Argentina like two weeks ago. So I was, I was all shredded, ready to go. And it, they bring these three kids downstairs. So I say to the guy, hey, motherfucker, what is this? He goes, what? I go, what is this? And he goes, I didn't do it. I said, you did that. And then there was three of them, right? Three guys. Yeah. Next thing I know is one of the guys made like a, when I'm pushing the one kid with my finger because I said, you don't want to fight? You want to fight me? Fight me right now. Look at the size of you. And he goes, I don't want to fight. I go, I'm not a bully. I'm not going to fight you then. I said, but fuck you. I'm deep burying my finger in him. 
Next thing I know, Tupac picks up a Don Perignon bottle and hits one of the other guys over the head with it. And it didn't break. It just went clunk. And the guy just went boom. And I'm thinking, fuck, Tupac's the real deal. <laughs> and uh, we just had a really good time together. And, you know, we, had, we used to have talks about, like, you know, we got to get our shit off the street. You can't dance on both sides of the line, you know. And, uh, I was down in Miami, and I got a call saying Tupac got shot six times. I flew back to New York. Just as I got to the hospital, his mother was wheeling him out with the doctors, and uh, he, he survived. And then about uh, about six months later, I was I was in Brazil making a movie. My manager called me up, said Tupac got shot last night in Las Vegas, and I said I'm coming home. He says no, 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 he's going to be okay. Next day, I got a call. And they said he died. Because wow. I said, how many times did he get shot? And he said, once. And I said, oh, only once? Fuck it. He'll be all right. Last time, he got shot six times. He, he died. Yeah. Man, that's sad. Yeah. It's... But, but he, was, he was another one that, like, you know, everybody talked about how ghetto he was and this and that. But he could be the, he could be the kindest guy in the, in the, in the world. I mean. And he and he was super, super, super bright guy. You know, I mean, I remember one time I was in a nightclub and there was some girl I was I used to be married to and she wouldn't talk to me and and I was like really nervous and Tupac said, Hold hold on. He was holding he was actually holding me up. And he went over and bought her a bottle of champagne and talked to her for a few minutes and like you know, he just did that out of the kindness of his heart, you know. Uh, she refused the champagne, but it was, the, it was the, the thought that mattered, you know. That's awesome. So, you know, I'll, I always have, a, you know, very fond, loving memories of him. We know how he was in the studio. I mean, obviously, he, he worked really hard and he was a freak, but how was he doing films? Like, I mean, did, did he... Uh... Or how was it? What was it like doing a film with him? I mean, how how was his work ethic and and his passion for film? And is that something that he his really work, wanted to pursue for a long it, time? Well, his work ethic was really great. Even though he sit in the trailer and smoke weed all day, you'd see clouds of smoke coming out of the bottom of the trailer. But yet he could still perform. Yeah. The only thing is, we had a scene where he pulls a shotgun on me, and he's supposed to be shooting me, and it's the first time. I ever went over every single take and checked the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be safe, huh? Just to be safe, yeah. That's funny. But like I said, we were either going to get on or not get on, you know? Yeah, of course. And, uh, and uh, uh, it used to be funny. We used to go out to the clubs at night together, and we'd be crossing the street to go to a club. And you'd already hear the bouncer saying, "They're together. What are we gonna? What are we? What are we supposed to do?" <laughs> and uh, they took good care of us. Have, have you? They kept us isolated, but they kept they kept good care of us. Have you seen the new Tupac movie that just came out yet? It's too hard for me to watch it. I'm not. 
Yeah. I can't watch nothing with him in it. You know, it's just too hard for me to watch. Yeah, it hasn't came out over here yet, but I wanted to see it, but I didn't know if you had seen it yet or not. Um, is there any other cool? Is there any other cool stories about Tupac that maybe nobody knows that's okay to tell, or give us some uh, insight uh, that maybe no one else has? Well, I did take him downtown and introduce him to John Gotti, and he really liked that, you know. But that was uh, <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> what did What did he think of John Gotti? Like, what What was his opinion of of someone like that? Well, I. That's a long story I can't get into, but like, uh, I got, I got, I lost my temper with somebody one time and I got myself in a situation I couldn't got out, get out of. And John Guy came to my, uh, back me up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Man. so you got, you got, I, the... I lost, I lost my temper with the wrong person and, uh, got myself in some hot shit. And John came to my rescue, and he he treated me for 15 years like a son. Nice. So Tupac enjoyed that meeting then? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, so uh, you you were in Germany, or you're starting to film in Germany right now? I was looking online, and uh, I noticed you're, you're either starting or you've been filming in Germany right now for Berlin. I love you or a movie. Yeah. I just did a film called Berlin. I love you with, uh, actually cool. with a very good actor who, uh, has been directing lately, uh, named Till Schweiger. Okay. And, uh, um, uh, it's pr the best acting experience I've had since the wrestler, the Till Schweiger is known as an actor, but he's going to be one of the best directors around. I was so impressed with his professionality, with his professionalism, with his, with his work ethic. Uh, he kept wanting one, you know, one more take, one more this. Uh, he ended up casting a German actress who I think is going to end up being like a big, giant star if her career is guided the, the right way. Uh, Tony, her name is Tony Gam. Okay. And, and uh, we had a lot of fun working together, and uh, I can't say that about ninety-nine percent of the movies I've made. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, is this? It has Jared Leto and and Patrick Dempsey and Renee Zellweger in it as well, correct? Uh. It has Patrick Dempsey, well, Jared Leto, and Renee Zellweger in it as well, or? Well, there's a, there. What it is? It's it's one big movie. With different vignettes, with different actors in it. Oh, okay. I don't work with any of those people. Okay. Because it's, I think it's Paris. I love you. Berlin. I love you. You know. Key oh, they're West, different I ones. Okay, cool. Know. Nice. <laughs> and and then it's different scenes with, uh, you know. Different actors doing different, different things. little vignettes, and then they clump it all together. Yeah, and going back to The Wrestler, which you mentioned, man, I want to say that was a fantastic movie. And that was a real eye-opener, too, because like the wrestling world, the fighting world is very similar in the case that, uh, you know, there's a lot of fighters that, that get past their prime and, and the fight career is over, and they're stuck with not a lot yeah. of choices. And, and when I watched your movie, I've always been one to try to set something up after my career. And when I watched that movie, it was a real eye-opener, man. And you did an absolutely fantastic job on that role. Well, to tell you the truth, I hated wrestling because 
it went against everything <laughs> instinctively that I learned my whole life. You know, my whole life I learned, you know, to hide hide my shit, you know, and, yeah. and to faint. And, and here I, I had to go like this, and I had to go like this, and it was it was really hard to break my boxing stuff for 20 years. And so it was doubly hard. Um, I was very fortunate. I had uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's uncle, uh, Afa, one of the wild yep. Samoans, yep. as my wrestling teacher. And we would work, you know, two to three hours a day on the wrestling. You know, I mean, he had me doing back flips. I could never do a back flip in my life, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, I also had put on about 24 pounds of muscle. Yeah. By cheating. And, uh... <laughs> We didn't say anything, but great move. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be playing third base for the Yankees. Uh, shit. I love the I love these guys that are built like brick shit houses. And he goes, I am natural. Yeah, natural, my asshole. You know. So in the movie, when you were doing steroids, it was it, well that wasn't acting. You were just actually just doing steroids. Yeah, I took uh, <laughs> some supplements here and there, you know, it, you know, because I, you know, I guess I walk around 188. I, I had to get up to about uh, 233. Damn. And I didn't realize once I hit about 223, it was really hard, hard for me to put weight on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but I spent about four months in the gym lifting very very heavy weight, and. Uh, you know, eating five and six meals a day. Um, but, but what I didn't, what I wasn't expecting was how many injuries I sustained just doing the flopping. Yeah. You know, my, my shoulder went out, my back went out, my knee went out. Uh, I think I had three MRIs. Uh, and... Uh, we had to wrestle one night. We were shooting in front of a live audience where there was actually doing a wrestling match. And there right. was one move that I had that I never could get in practice where I had to jump on the rope, pull my hands down, put the guy in a scissors and flip him over. And I'm going, I'm going like, I don't want to fuck this up in front of 15,000 people. Yeah. And thank God it worked on this. It worked on the first take, <laughs> but uh, I put so much into it that I actually had a nervous breakdown by the end of the movie. Wow. Everybody's calling me up, coming to the after party, and I said, I'm on the phone with my priest, my shrink, and my doctor, and I can't move. Yeah. <laughs> but De Darren Aronofsky, the director, is a hell of a director, and I, I mean, there was even a scene where I had to cut myself. What they do is they put a little razor blade here and you cut yourself. Yikes. And the real wrestlers do that. And if there's a word for it. So I had tape here and here. And when I was down like that, I remember making the cut and I'm going, wow, I've never had to do this before, you know? And uh, it all worked out. I mean, after seven days, I knew we had something special. Yeah, that for sure. And and let me ask you on on as far as just overall fun and enjoyment uh, for a film, 
what would you rate the difference of Sin City and Iron Man? What, which film did you have the most fun with? Because those are terrific films well, that look I, a lot of fun to I, do. I had a great time working with the director of uh, Sin City, Robert Rodriguez. I got a great working relationship with him. He's somebody I trust very much. It was a, it was a lot of fun working on, on that movie. Uh, where Iron Man, uh, a lot of politics came into play. Mm-hmm. Uh I went over to Russia. I learned. I, I was working on speaking Russian, uh, and uh, when the they did the final cut, my character got a very high rating. So what they had to do when I went to the premiere and my whole role was cut out of the movie, they said, "Well, Mickey, they had to do that because you when the people saw the uh, the film." You got a higher rating than Robert Downey, so my my fucking whole performance ended up on the cutting room floor. Wow. Yeah, that's not good. So you do the math. Yeah. How would you feel? Yeah, that sucks. Shit. Yeah, that and sucks. I told him that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet you did. I have a feeling you did for sure. I mean, yeah. Look, at there's you know there's a lot of politics and acting. Uh. You don't have to be a great actor to be a movie star. You have to be in a movie that makes a couple hundred million dollars and you can be mediocre. In in the fighting world, you can't get by with being mediocre. Right, you're right. Absolutely. You know, there, 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 there's, there's, a, there's so much gray. Sure, there's politics in boxing. We all know that. Right, right. You know, hometown decisions this, that, the other, but with acting, you don't have to be great at it. You have to be mediocre. And most of today's movie stars, they're not Steve McQueen. They're not Paul Newman. They're not Kirk Douglas. They're not Burt Lancaster. They're mediocre. Right. At most, you know? Yeah. You know, and I have to admire you, man, for, for you speak your mind, you know, and I know you've taken some lumps over that in your yeah, career, but you man, pay you your price for that too. If I keep my big fucking mouth shut, I, I probably wouldn't have to work anymore. <laughs> no, you get a lot of fans for that, though. I tell you, man, because honestly, like I admire you for the fact that you'll say whatever you feel, and and you don't you don't care, you know. And like that's why I think the true fans of Mickey Rourke, you know, they're they're there with you, and they've been with you for a long time. Because, I mean, you're 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 an old school, say it how it say it how it is kind of guy, you know. Well, you know. I had a certain kind of upbringing, uh, which I'm very fortunate that through 22 years of therapy, uh, I've been able to function in society. Yeah. Because the back the background that I, I came from, uh, very few people would have been able to not spend their whole life inside a cage. So, you know, I'm very blessed that I've met a few good men uh, that I, that I you know, I stayed in therapy for 20 years, that I had a priest that I talked to uh, regularly that had advised me on not making certain mistakes that, because my shrink would say to me, there's two things that you don't give a fuck about. And I said, well, what is that? 
and he said repercussions and accountability. Right. <laughs> and he was right. Yeah. You know, it's like even when I was a young amateur fighter, I never trained. To, I never trained like a champion. I trained to survive. I got by on natural ability. Now that I'm older, I don't train to survive. I train to dominate. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And there's a difference, you know? Yeah. And it's like being accountable and and dealing with repercussions. It's the same thing with, with fighting. When you're in there and you're, you've got, you're getting wrapped up and that door opens and you hear the crowd. Yeah. What goes through your mind is, did I work? Did I work hard enough? Did I work hard enough? That's all. And if you worked hard enough, you got no fear. Yeah. All I all I know is, like my last spot, I went. There's no fucking way that guy trained half as hard as I did. Right. And when you when you have that mindset, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. You just go out and take care of your business. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I, I saw an interview you did with uh, Pierce Morgan recently, and, and you talked kind of about your childhood and how rough it was and everything. So I definitely want to commend you on on whatever happened in your childhood that was so rough. Man, I think you made the most of it because, I mean, you, you've had an excellent career and uh, you've done really good for yourself. So, you know, I, I obviously I want to touch on that, but I definitely want to touch on the fact that, again, I admire you for where you've where you've come and, and what you've done with your career and and. And, and who you are, because I, I think uh, you represent the old school Hollywood, you know, and, and you're still here today. Well, you know, Mike, to be honest with you, if when I was 11, 12, 13 and, and on up, if I didn't have boxing, boxing, boxing is what saved me, you know, I because when you have things happen to you really young and you live in shame and you feel ashamed because of. What happened? Right. What happens is, one day you decide you're not gonna you're not gonna get nobody's gonna hit you no more, and you fight. And I felt a lot better the first time when I was 11 years old, and I got up and I kicked the shit out of this bully. And I and I ain't stopped throwing since. Right. Because there's not there's nothing worse than living in shame. Yeah. So even though my shrink said. You built up too much, so much armor, it's become a weakness. Yeah. Because people are afraid of you. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need to have that anymore. But well, all I want is to be left alone and just, you know, uh, I know that there's a switch that if, if you disrespect me or you, I don't give a fuck if you're nine feet tall, I'm going. You right. know. That's it. I'm going. Yeah. And I, I wish I could turn that switch off. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Man. And not to change. Go ahead. There's a lot. There's a lot of. But there's a lot of foolish people out there, and especially, I always take if I go out having a drink once in a while, I always go out with somebody because I know I got a short fuse, and that's why I love going out with Bisbing because. I could go out with somebody who could kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he seems like a fun guy to party with, for sure. Uh, he is, he is, yeah. I was going to also ask you, how much time do you spend in Russia? Because I noticed that uh, 
you've been to Russia a few times and, and, and I see you typing in Russian sometimes, or at least the, the alphabet and, and English. Um, but, um, I've spent a lot of time in Russia as well. So I was going to ask you a little bit about that. And also, do you know Sergei Baiduk by chance? Well, I, I spent a lot of time in Russia because I trained at wild card with mainly Russian fighters. Okay. And the reason that I came back to fight was I was watching a fight between Ruslan Provodnikov and Timothy Bradley. And after that fight, I said, I want to come back and, and train the right way and fight one or two more times. And I want to fight like Ruslan. Right, and I right. want to train like, like Ruslan trains. Right. And see see what I can do. Gotcha. And uh, I enjoy the company of uh, the, the Russian fighters in the gym. Yeah. They're the hardest workers. Yeah. They, they come from nothing. They lay it all on the line. They're very disciplined. And, and I just feel very much at home with them. Yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of Russian speaking fighters here at AK Thailand from all the different Russian speaking countries and everywhere from Dagestan to Tajikistan to uh, um, right. Russia itself. So we get a lot of those in there. And you're right, they're hardworking fighters. And, and that's that's a good part of the makeup of our fight team at AK Thailand here in Thailand. They've got a new Russian light heavyweight now named Dima Bivo. Okay. You should watch this. You should watch out for this kid. Well, he's he's, he's going to be up and coming. He's got he's got two belts now, and uh, I like I I watch his work ethic. You know, it's like there's a famous quote from Michael Jordan, and uh, the quote is uh, work work ethic defeats fear. Right, it does. Yeah, and I, I try to keep that in mind every day I go train. Yeah, I'm watching you, man, on Instagram and, and social media, and you, you you train like a savage. There's no doubt about that. You're in there all the time. Well, I'm not. Next year, I probably won't be training as hard, but you know, and I'll be done fighting next year. But you know, I'm going to give him hell one more time. I just want to rock the house two more times. But you got to come to AK Thailand, man. You got to come check out the gym and train here and get back over here. I'm going to come there, but I'm going to come with, hopefully I can come with a particular person. There you go. Yeah. Whoever you come with doesn't matter. Just come train and hang out and, uh, and, and we'll show you Thailand and, and show you Phuket's a beautiful place and, and the gym's amazing. We, we got great training there. It'd be awesome to have you for sure. Have you, have you met, you know, Chris Riley? Chris Riley. The name doesn't ring a bell, but if I saw his face, maybe, or... Uh, yeah, he, he, he was a, one of the first Americans to 20 years ago to win a, a, a belt over there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's got a school here. He's got a school here in L.A., yeah. Cool. Awesome. And I, and I noticed from your Instagram as well and some of the TMZ videos I've seen that you're not a huge Trump supporter. And is that just getting worse and worse as time goes on because the things that he's doing? Because it's, it seems like everyone's God, kind of... You, you know what he did, Mike? Tupac and I were staying at the Plaza Hotel when we were shooting Bullet together. The, the room was registered under my name. I was sleeping on the couch. Tupac was sleeping in the bedroom. We caused about, I caused maybe six, $7,000 worth of damage, okay? <laughs> I admit it. 
this scumbag Trump sued me for 28000 Plus, he put in about six paragraphs of the worst negative, demeaning, disrespectful shit you could write about two people. So it's personal with me. Right. So it started way before the election. Okay. Way before. He sued me for 28000 I admit I caused six, $7,000 worth of damage. It's not like the bitch needed the money. But, but what he likes more than money is he likes ink. Yeah. So he got him to write a very negative story on me and Tupac, which I take very personal. And I'm sure our paths will cross one day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you have five dogs, correct? Uh, five. And you're, you're a very big fan of, uh, of your pups. I know that I see them all over Instagram, so right, let's here. see one. There we go. Get over here. Who, which one is this? This is Yvonne. Okay. And what about it's you? the bad one. The bad one. <laughs> oh, no, it's Igor, because Yvonne doesn't kiss. Wait. This is the shy one. Jojo, come here. Come on. Bring Joe over. All right, let's, I'll let her do shit each one. Absolutely, let's do it. This is this is this is little gay Joe. Little gay Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look happy yes. by that. Awesome. Who do you? I didn't I know they were all around you. <laughs> this is the bad one, Yvonne. Oh, they do look alike. All right, there you go. Yeah, he's a kisser. Oh, he is definitely a kisser. And then I got one that Diva. I got a 16-year-old. Hold on. Damn. Is this your number He's one? He's going to cry when I put her in my lap. Hold on. Wait, right there. Just. Oh, where's number one? Where's number one? I want to see number one because I know you talk about number one a lot. Number one is the one I'm always with. Yeah. Uh, he used to have a different name, but I'm not with that person that I had him with anymore, so I changed his name to number one. There you go. You know. <laughs> I normally wow. I normally talk more than this, but yeah, he hasn't I haven't said, said shit. Today. I just want to say, yeah. uh, Mickey, you've completely shut him down. This is this is the most talkative guy, and you have shut him well, down. Well, talk completely. to number one. Number one. That's number yeah, one. That, All right. That's someone I can talk that's to finally. One. Say something to number one, Mark. Come on. <laughs> Who does your hair? One. <laughs> okay, give me Ruby. Is that Tina Turner? We got one more. I'll show you. I'll show you Ruby because she's sixteen. She can't get up. Okay. Ah. Uh, she crying? Wow. Uh, let them cry. Oh, they're beautiful, Mickey. Well taken care of. Yeah, well, that's... Well, you know, what happens when you live alone? You end up with five dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing yeah. good, man. And, and, man, hey, I just want to thank you again. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Is there anything you got for us or, or for me? Any questions? Uh, uh, let me think. We'll have to wait till I get over there. I'll make a list. All right. You have my word. I will talk when you come. It, you've no. I'm telling you, nobody shut him down like you have. You just, you have shut him completely down. I love Tupac, man. I mean, shit. I appreciate it. I think he's just in awe right now. Yeah. He's starstruck. You like? Uh, you're a Tupac fan? Oh God. Oh yeah. Um, the only good rapper. Give me an address. That I, give me an address. I'll send you a picture of the two of us. 
Done. I'm going to send it to you because you got to send me one too. I'm a big fan too. We live together. So just. We'll send you the address of the gym. And if you could send it to the gym, man, I really appreciate that. I'll do it. I'll send it this week. We'll frame it and put it in the gym. So it'll be an AK Thailand. What's your name again? Mike. That's Mike. I'm Mark. <laughs> Which, who are you? Mark. <laughs> that hurts, man. What do you say? Mark. Morris? Mark. M A R C. Mark. If you didn't shut him down before, he's going to be shut down Mark. now, Mickey. His name is Mark Bogutsky. M O R T. Oh, M A R C. Mark. He's an actor, Mark. He's a, Mark. Oh, is he fucking with Mark. 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 I can't hear too good out of this ear. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Good play, sir. Good play. Oh, I hate you guys. Well done, Mickey. This, well done. Uh, thank you. Hey, listen, good luck with your show. Hey, thank you. So what we're doing is uh, when we get, so he's never trained a day in his life. So you can relate to this since you train. And I know we say this every episode, so bear with us, guys. But uh, he hasn't trained a day in his life. He's never been in a fight. And I'm telling you, when you see him outside of this particular podcast, you'll be surprised. I drink. He I drinks. Smoke. He smokes. He talks shit. He's hilarious. He's he's a different person. You shut him down completely. Yeah. But the point being is he never has trained. He's never fought. He's never done anything of the sort. He's the opposite of me. And so... When we get to 50,000 subscribers on this podcast, he is going to take a Muay Thai fight here in Thailand, and he's going to do a full camp. We're going to film it. We're going to uh, interview him each week on the podcast as he's getting ready for his fight. So we got to get 50,000 subscribers so that we can get this guy in the ring and have his very first ever fight, a Muay Thai fight in Thailand. Wow. So, I, so, I, so I tell maybe, it. Should, maybe, maybe you should get him to fight Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's okay. always looking for a fight. Yeah. So maybe if shy, if you're if you're down for a fight I, with I, Mark Bogutsky, I'll loan you a cigarette. I don't think that I don't think that little bitch has won a fight in his life. Oh man, so shy. If, if you want <laughs> if shy wants to uh, prove uh, Mickey wrong here, he can challenge Mark Bogutsky. We'll definitely do a Shia LaBeouf Mark Bogutsky fight for sure. And uh, so Mickey, you got to give a plea for us, man, on the camera, telling everybody to to subscribe so that we can watch Mark Bogutsky fight in, in a Muay Thai fight. Yeah, listen, you guys got to all tune in when Mark Bogutsky fights his first Muay Thai fight, and he's not going to wear any gloves. It's going to be bare knuckle. Oh, but, whoa, we're changing and, it right uh, now. Uh, we're changing no. it. I love your style, Mickey. I love your style. That is even better. Shit. Bare knuckle fight. Oh, they'll do that here. Bare you know. knuckle. Bare knuckle. No cops kicking in the balls allowed. Damn. <laughs> wow. You got to come corner me. <laughs> okay. I'll rub your balls in between rounds. Oh, <sighs> that'll no. get him going. That, he'll go. get he'll get going then for sure. Shit, I'll fight tomorrow. <laughs> have, have, have you seen uh, Ray Sapo's uh, uh, fight program he's got going now these days? Yeah, he's got a new uh, promotions. Yeah, he had a great card on the other night. Yeah, you should, he's a good dude. He's an old friend. You should you should check it out. I, I had a guy about seven feet tall want to fuck with me one night, and me and Ray were in a club, and Ray Seppa walks in between us and he says to the guy, "You don't want to go there, brother." <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to go there, brother. He's That's had awesome. to do that for me a couple times. He's helped me out. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right. You guys have a good rest of the day. 
Hey, thanks for doing the podcast again, Mickey. I really appreciate it, man. It's been an honor to talk to you for so long and for you to yes. give us all your time like this, man. Been a big fan for a uh, long time. Yeah, thank you for the Tupac stories. I appreciate that. I'll send you the pictures. Sounds good. Thank Can you, I sir. Beautiful. <laughs> thank you, man. sir. You are the man. <laughs> it's four in the morning, but buddy, we couldn't be more awake right now. We yeah. thank you so much for thank doing you. this and we'll get it all edited. We'll send it all to right. you. And uh, man, we greatly appreciate it, man. Huge fan, huge fan. Thank you so much. And we will. Well, like uh, I said, I, I've been a fan, Michael White, watching you fight for years, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, yeah, Mickey. I appreciate and when you, it. When you send that picture, uh, we're going to no, put please. it up on the wall. We'll, we'll put the picture of you on the wall of the podcast. Yeah. It'll be there forever for every future episode. I'll send you three pictures. Right, I'll send go. you a fight picture and two, uh, and two with me and Tupac. Awesome. Oh man, awesome. awesome. So I'll send Dima the uh, the address and everything. Thank you so much, Mickey. Thank you, sir. Here's Dima. Thank you. Thank okay. you, Dima. Thanks, Dima. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. See you, buddy. Wow. All right. So how amazing was that? Mickey fucking Rourke, buddy. Mickey fucking Rourke, man. The man on our podcast in the very first month. That's pretty you know, cool. I've talked to the guy a few times, but man, for him to put I mean I don't know what we're going to edit this down to, but he, he gave us, what, an hour and a half. And he wanted to keep going. We, for a guy that doesn't do podcasts? And he, and he stated he and doesn't. for us only doing four? Yeah, we were helping him, like, set the camera up and stuff. He, he doesn't do podcasts. Um, so, man, I'm humbled. I mean, I'm, I'm so appreciative that. Uh, that was really awesome. That we got Mickey Works time, and, uh, and some of the stories were amazing. I mean, they for, literally were amazing. Also, thanks to his assistant for helping us out. And Did Dima. You? Dima, yeah. thank you so much. For getting us all set up and, and organized, and uh, that was cool. What a great podcast! So we're on a roll, man. We got this thing. Did I hear him say that he wanted to rub my balls, though? I believe it? in a in a sports kind of way. There's no. <laughs> I've been playing sports since I was three. He said that if you fight, he'll 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 you know because that it's kind of a, a fight thing, you know. Is that why you're a fighter? It's why I started being a fighter. It didn't work out quite how I, how I expected to be a fighter. I get it now. Right see, now you're getting it. Doing yeah, it. now you're getting it. Yeah, but yeah, I did, I did not expect that from him. So, so did you think that Mickey Rourke would ever know who you were and say your name and and cut up with you like that? I, I kind of did, but no. Yeah, no, that was a uh, that was that was actually pretty cool. The fact that he knew my last name was kind of neat. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think that could have gone any better. Some. Dude, what about the Tupac stuff, man? And that that touches home. Like like I told him in the podcast, I mean, I've walked out to Tupac every single UFC fight. I mean, that's 15 fights. And, and I'll, I'll give you a quick story uh, real fast before we go. The reason I've done that is when I when I first got into well, fighting in general, I had to learn boxing. And back in, oh, my God, 97, 98, there wasn't like MMA gyms. So I had to go to a BJJ gym. I had to go to a boxing gym. I had to go to a kickboxing gym. And so I went to like three different gyms and the, the boxing gym that I went to was called House of Pain and it was downtown Houston under the overpass and uh, Reggie Johnson, uh, Frank Tate, Thomas Tate, and then uh, Evander Holyfield would come in from Atlanta for some of his fights. And it was some big names, but it was like a warehouse. It was a warehouse with no AC, like just a, like just a garage kind of thing. And I was there and I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. I was just this kid that just wanted to learn. I was with my friend and all these like, you know, boxers were in there. Just, it was filled, this, this gym. And, you know, we would see like Reggie Johnson come in with his, 
this nice car and, and some of these successful boxers making it. And, and I just dreamed about being like them one day. And, and I wanted, of course you want nice cars, but I wanted to just show up at a gym and people to recognize who I was and, and be respected as a fighter, like they were. You know, they were getting respected. So that was a big impact. You, you love them. You built your own. Well, I, this is back then, though. Yeah. You know, and, and, it, and it motivated me. And the number one thing they played at this gym was Tupac. I mean, they every single day was Tupac. It was just Tupac, 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 Tupac. And Ambitions of a Rider was the one that, that that's like kind of stood out the most. And so when I started my fighting career, I had moved on. And then when I got into UFC, I was starting to get successful and fighting the bigger shows. And to kind of bring me back to my beginning, bring me back to when I had nothing and was like training at different gyms and just at rock bottom that's why i walked out to ambitions of a rider because it would bring me back to that that gym when we're jump roping and listening to tupac and doing our drills and doing our boxing and it would it would just kind of like remind me of the journey of, of where i've kind of got to from where i started so and i don't have a lot of things in common with tupac but because of the music i got into his life and i got into you know you know, his story and, you know, anybody, no matter who they are, that's, that's basically built something for themselves and came from nothing and became something huge, I'm inspired by. So even though I don't have a lot in common with Tupac, I was greatly inspired by Tupac my whole life, you know, and he was a huge inspiration for me. And that's why I walked out to every fight and, and would still if I was fighting today. So Man, to have that well, insight. That's, what, that's why hearing those stories. Yeah, that, 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 he, that was the best part of everything. Told those. You know, that's pretty cool to hear from. Yeah. I never met anyone. Mickey, my well, I never sat and talked with anyone that knew Tupac, you know, and yeah. he, he's close with Tupac. He was close with him. So, hey, he's sending us uh, pictures. Yeah. And, and when Mickey sends those pictures, we're going to put one right here on the wall and it's going to stay there. That's going to be our first uh, picture sent in. I thought you were going to put that Mark Hunt one up. Probably we're gonna have to, yeah, we're gonna have to put that somewhere, definitely. And if you haven't seen the Mark Hunt one, check out episode number three. It is a uh, good plug. It's a it's a good one. But anyway, won't keep any more of your time, guys. Thanks a lot for for listening. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Um, I think we're on a couple other things as well. And then YouTube is the best, uh, so you can see the full experience, guys. Um, so even if you listen on iTunes, come back and watch on YouTube. Leave a comment. Give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. We get excited. Subscribe. I mean, to have done all the things we've done outside of podcasting, even though we're not trying to be ultimate podcasters, we enjoy the hell out of this. And this is pretty cool. We enjoy the comments. We enjoy the thumbs up. We enjoy the feedback and absolutely enjoy, enjoy the guests that we're getting. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Rourke today. Oh. That's crazy. Wants me to fight Shia LaBeouf or Shia, whatever you say. Yeah. Name. Crazy, man. So absolutely crazy. I'll do that. But. I think uh, let's push for that. <laughs> Shia, if you're out there. Mickey called you out and said you need to fight and he's never had a fight and he's saying right now he'll fight you so Shia LaBeouf Mark Bogutsky let's get it done I'd watch that I'd watch that too you're gonna have to you're gonna be there yeah I'll corner you for that well then let me end also on saying uh again Houston love you please Hurricane Harvey calm down on my on my people in my place man yours too absolutely so, so yeah I mean, well done. On to the next one. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for viewing, and thanks a lot for listening. Uh, please subscribe. Stay tuned. A lot of big things coming. We've got a lot of more guests booked, and uh, hopefully this, this just gets better and better, and, yeah. and, and we just keep Everyone's having fun. better. Thanks, guys. Perfect.
left it, and then uh, it'll play over the way. Real quick, real quick, with Mike Swig. I never thought real quick, real quick, real quick with Mike Swig podcast. Swig, 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 swig